0: Hey, everybody, it's Charlie Epstein, and welcome to Business in Booths at the wonderful Center Square Grill in booming downtown East Longmeadow, Massachusetts. And I'm here with one of the most impactful entrepreneurs here in downtown East Longmeadow, Ed Zemba from
1: Robert Charles Photography as well as a few other organizations, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: What are the names of the other organizations? Well, just wrapped up. I mean, because you've got so, I mean, we've got so much going on, it's kind of like the mystery box. What's Ed up to now,
1: right? It's been a, it's been an eventful few years, that's for sure. Right. And, uh, and
0: but the names it's... of the other organizations are
1: so just wrapped up with a two-year tenure with the Eastern River Chamber, which has been fantastic and amazing, yeah. amazing organization. Uh, as well as uh, we launched a few years ago, Unify Against Bullying. Which is a 501c3 nonprofit, but that's a phrase that comes easier to you than me. But um,
0: yep, stop bullying. And that's, been that's been huge. Unbelievable. Um, yeah.
1: And then my son actually helped us launch a new initiative out in the Boston area. It's actually a Boston Western Mass uh, approach to a uh, link uh, between the business community and. Virtual and Augmented Reality, and it's called Link to VR. Yeah, so we're going to get into yeah. that.
0: Virtual and Augmented Reality. But let's go back in time, speaking of reality. Yeah. So where were you born?
1: So uh, I was a, I was officially born downtown Springfield, uh, okay. Bay State. That's official. Um, yes. You got the papers. Yes, I got the papers and everything. Good. Actually, I did just get to see some papers the other day from my... Is
0: this is your Ellis Island? Yeah. This yeah. is from did my uh, grandfather. you come over
1: I got it on my phone. I'll show you. Yeah. But my, my grandfather uh he came over on the boat just like they say you know from, and his name from poland yeah and uh we were able to define for sure that uh my name originally was ziemba for all my friends who have added an eye to my name for my whole life uh there's a good reason for it because most of the ziembas that came over had an eye but my grandfather decided to ditch it and start his own group so in, in come the zembas so yeah
0: not so the Zimbas. The no, Zimbas. not the Zimbas or the Zombas.
1: zombies. I've gotten it right. all in my mail. So yeah.
0: So you're third generation, like me, because my yeah. grandfather came over on the boat from Russia. Yeah. He was 12 yeah. years old, with my great grandfather Isaac Abraham Epstein. Wow. Uh, they came over, settled in the Hartford area, and that's kind of where my dad grew up. No. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool to have that certificate. It is. My, my father was actually going to throw it out. I caught him cleaning oh, out really? the basement when oh. they sold the house here in Meadow many, 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 okay. many years ago. And okay. I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, no, no, no. You got to hang out.
0: He goes, what? It's just trash. I go, dad, no, no, that's no, no. history. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now that's my brother and yeah. sister, they want it. I'm like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no. I saved it. it.
1: <laughs> I own it. I own it. I own it. So where did you grow up? So I grew up, most of my life was uh, in East Hampton, Mass. So we jumped around a little bit. We did Three Rivers. We did uh, went out to Westfield for a while, but I was just a little guy at that time. What I remember was the plains of East Hampton, Mass. That's where I spent most of my youth, which was a pretty amazing place to grow up, honestly, yeah, as a kid. Right. We literally no had- No
0: cell phones. No, no. The lights, no, you know, the
1: lights go on at night. You gotta come home. home. That's right, at and six course, o'clock. We're always late. You really remember those days? Oh. I remember. Yeah, I used to think it
0: wasn't when the lights came on. It's just like we just looked up in the sky and we went up. Oh, six o'clock. I got to
1: get home. Yeah. No, for, yeah <laughs> it for us, great. it was the lights, and then we'd hear the moms. We'd come outside and they'd start yeah. streaming. We'd Anthony. Pretend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could get away Edward! with like three to five. Maybe you'd be okay if right. you didn't catch the first three to five. After five, though, you were toast. So,
0: so when your yeah. gra- grandfather came over and settled. Yep. What did they do? What, what what was the family? So
1: my grandfather is a bit of a legend in our family. This is my dad's father. Right. My namesake Edward. Yeah. Um, so he, among many different things, he was a glazier. So to give you an idea of how wow. strong he was, he was he was a rocketing five four. Okay. Now I know that because I just saw it in a certificate. I was checking it out. It was five four. He helped li- carry the glass. To the top of the buildings in downtown Springfield. Okay. Wow. And one of the many stories, because there's a lot of them, one of them was when he fell out. Of the window? Uh-huh. Putting in a window. He fell. He dropped a few stories, managed to catch the scaffolding, <laughs> literally. Okay. Climbed back in and went back to work. No. Wow. But that was my grandfather. Wow. And there's a, I can't, there's a lot of stories like that about him. He was, he's where... I like to think a lot of our work ethic came from. Yeah. Um, there's other parts about his history that I'm not as excited about, but the part that I can't say enough about. It's a about family
0: is, show. We don't need yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, that I know. That. I'm just saying no,
1: because he was, you know, he was imperfect like everybody, and it was a different era. No,
0: no, no, no. no, no. We but, yeah. were perfect. Oh no, yes. Just yes, the way yes. we were.
1: But no, he was a he was a bit of a legend in my family.
0: Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So then, how did the photography come about with your dad?
1: So my father. Uh he actually taught uh physics for twelve years. Uh he taught physics for twelve years, which where? is why we like to say where he got his understanding of light. Where did he and teach he taught physics? at West Okay. And he was actually not much older than the kids he was teaching. So he would get stopped in the hallways for a hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> and he would sometimes have fun with it. He sure. would just walk away, or he would just like say, "Oh, I I'm left in my locker." Late. Yeah, and stuff like that. And he would just bust on a teacher, yeah. which the kids loved. So he was a very, very popular teacher. As a matter of fact, many of our first clients were past students of his who would come in with stories about my father. Oh, so and my great. father, you know, as you know, was played a very big role in my life uh, and many levels. And uh, his teaching actually. You know his, his strengths in teaching played over in the photography world because he taught many of our region's best photographers uh you know he he helped introduce a lot of photographers many of whom are not practicing anymore and some of are mm. and he's uh you know he's just he, he he was always about helping others i think and that's a big part of where some of the things that our family's involved with today yep. you know, that comes from
0: so when did he go from teaching physics to launching <laughs> well,
1: he, let's see, so one of the points where he decided he wanted to go on photography, he was doing photography part time for a while. Mm. Um, but part of what made him make the move, and it, this is something that's bothered me about what teachers have to put up with today, um, was when he started to feel like teachers weren't being given the support that they needed to be able to do what they were there for. And specifically with regard to, for instance, my father, you know, what you guys may notice about us is we're what we call huggy family. So we like to give people hugs and tell them how much we care about them and high fives and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can't go near kids today, not let alone put your hand on their shoulder and say, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, and my father, he had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he liked the idea of being able to go into a profession that gave him the opportunity to connect with people on a meaningful level yep. um, and be able to do something really special for him. So that was part of it. But its I say that because I think that I just look at the teachers today and I say, God bless you guys. I mean, what right. you have to put up with the challenges and the the things that that they're put up against and yet they go in every day and make such a huge difference in kids lives and part of the reason unify exists is to help make it easier for those teachers which i like to think tiles you know tiles back to my father and his yeah, history
0: absolutely so did you when you were growing up i mean you know what what was in what 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 got your interest i mean so for photography i mean yeah so interestingly enough. So my or?
1: my history is that uh you're not my,
0: the one running around with a camera, so No.
1: And my dad would be the first to tell you that if I had come first, I'd be an only child. So and there's <laughs> like no <laughs> Exaggeration on that one. <laughs> I gave All right, my so parents... let's step
0: back. Who how many of them are you?
1: Well, my brother's the responsible, and he's the oldest. It's my brother Robert Francis Zemba. He's the 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 uh, principal photographer for Robert Charles Photography, yeah. also the other half owner of the studio.
0: Fantastic. I yeah. have an amazing photo album from my wedding that that yeah. they did that was just off the charts. When people see it, they're like, Oh my god. Yeah, we had a great time with Bob. And he's I can't blast. say enough about my brother. Yeah, uh, you
1: know, my brother and I back at the beginning. My dad sort of sent me off on the business side. My brother picked up the camera and went off after the uh, photography side. He was always the artist growing up. I was always the troublemaker (laughs) gang and pushing the boundaries. Translation entrepreneur. So, you know, what I've
0: discovered about interviewing entrepreneurs is if you weren't a troublemaker, you weren't going to be a good entrepreneur. No,
1: I think it comes as a prerequisite. Right,
0: But if you were like a really good kid, straight and narrow. You know, one of my favorite stories is, I don't remember who was, but somebody was giving uh, a talk at Harvard Business School. Yep. some radical entrepreneur, I can't remember the guy's name, and he he said, uh, "All I'd like all the A students to stand up, you know, all the Harvard Business A students <laughs> stood up. And he says, "He said, great, he said, now I'd like all the C and D students to stand up, you know, they kind of stand up and he goes, okay, now I want all the A students to turn to the C and D students and say, hello, boss. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because the A students were wow. gonna be the COO and yeah. the CIO. And the guys that had the c's yep. the d's and the f's were going to be the entrepreneurs are going to go out and start the business and hire these guys and they're yeah. going to be the boss so
1: i think there's a there's something about that inner drive of wanting to make a difference in the world you know make, leave your mark all that kind of stuff and yeah. i think as a kid that can be tough to put into a box you know yeah. and in formal education sort of forces that and i'm not again knocking on that i'm just saying it is what it is so i think a lot of kids in that situation, they don't understand why they're pushing back so hard, but they do that. And with me, um, my education, and I talk about this in schools at times. You know, I I got a, I was not an A student to say the least. And um, I did like you to go to s- college? I did. Where'd you go? Well, I went to Western New England, among others. I went to Azatok, Western New England. Uh, I graduated college with almost a four. I was a three point nine six. But close. the reason that I did that was because in high school i thought i was doing the teachers a favor and my parents a favor by getting good grades i don't know where that came from but that's what it was in my head and i thought i'd get back at them by just skimming through and then when i got into working for my father and i had an instance where i was following up with a bride and now one of the things you know from being in private business is that clients are extremely honest <laughs> they don't have kick gloves they don't hold back and be careful and say oh i'm really sorry about that So when I called the bride and followed up and she said to me over the phone, um, oh, yeah, I received your information. She goes, did you write something at the bottom of it, like a PS? I said, yes. She goes, yeah, I couldn't understand a word you were saying. And did you even graduate high school? You know what? I'm actually all set. Thank you. And then she hung up a phone on me. Oh, true story. And I sat there staring at the wall and I literally said the words out loud. That's what Mrs. Griggs was talking about. OK, <laughs> swear to God, I said that. And I, and I turned was, to Eileen. Was Mrs. Griggs your English teacher? She was my English teacher. teacher. Right, right. And
0: when I asked her. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. penmanship,
1: everything. When I went to her one day and I said, why do you need to know what an adjective and a verb is? I, I don't get it. I said, I don't. I said, you're going to say, what's up to somebody in the hallway sometime? and They're going to say, hey, there's not an adjective in that sentence. So what she said to me was, the reason you need to learn is because you have to get through me to graduate. Which is the worst thing you can say to somebody in that situation, unfortunately. So I thought I'd show her. So I got like a D minus. Okay. (laughs) Just so I could, she had to graduate me. Right. But I could show her that I didn't want anything to do with her.
0: You were a pain in the ass like me. So
1: the one B I got in college was English. But that was when I went back and I realized that actually it was my fault. I had written myself off as a kid. I thought I wasn't capable of getting an A. So when I got my first A in a business class, I was shocked. And I went home, and I told my parents that I couldn't believe that I had gotten such a grade. And I literally told both my parents, I said, do you realize if I study, <laughs> I can actually Why'd get I a actually good grade. And, yeah. and they were like, you know, the the, the, the angels came down, the, the clouds parted, you know, and all that. So, yeah. So, it's I think it's an inner drive thing that you have right. to find.
0: So, did, did you and Bob... Other kids, other siblings, or just the two? No, my
1: sister also. My sister yeah. Christine, she worked for Robert Charles for about fifteen minutes uh, with my brother and I. <laughs>
0: that was good. Um,
1: but and, what, yeah. what,
0: but like growing up around the dinner table, I mean, was your dad there with the cameras and talking about it? Yeah. Or, you know. But when, like, what year did he finally say, "I'm done teaching," and this, "I'm going 100 percent of the sure, sure, sure." Do so he was remember? 12
1: years in. So what I can tell you about that transition is my father actually. Went into work. He went in to buy what was Stevens Photography. and turned to Robert Charles, largely because there was a go-between owner who bought Stevens Photography, drove it into the ground. It was a major tax situation, and the, all the brides weren't going to have a photographer. So my father broke into the studio through a window, got all of the information. He was just a manager, but he got all the information. Oh, he worked there. He worked there. So he got all the information, brought it back to our kitchen table, and he called every single bride to tell them that one way or another, he would make sure that they had a photographer.
0: Um, if he worked there, why did he have to break in? Because
1: they locked the door, they changed the locks and everything. Oh, because it the, the business was on there. It was a government was thing. Under, yeah, it was uh... a bad deal. Yeah, and, uh, and and it was in the papers and the brides were all freaking out, understandably, so he called them all up. I think saying, I remember this. Yeah, this was Steven's photography at the yeah. time. And then he figured out, he went back to Steve Graziano the guy who sold it to this other person, and said to Steve Graziano, hey, listen, I don't like what's going on. I don't really necessarily want to run a business, but we got to fix this. So Steve said, you know what, Bob? You'd be a great business owner. Let's pull that together and make it happen. So they go so in business together? They, he sort of, more like my dad bought it, but Steve helped. Right. He just kind of guided him. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then Where'd
0: the name Robert Charles come from?
1: So my dad's name is Robert Charles Zemba, uh. otherwise known as... Bobby Chuck's place. But yeah, we don't <laughs> normally talk about that. And I think Chucks. that's the first time I've ever actually said that on video. But anyway, so my dad, well, my dad used to, oh, this, is to see, yeah, this is history right making right here. That and the other <laughs> one he had. A Bobby first, Chuck's. Yeah, yeah. It's like my son's yeah.
0: tagline is Bobby yeah. Joe Taco. Yeah, yeah right? that's good. Okay.
1: And then it was, uh, he had, he had Mr. Charles on his desk. And that was his thing back in the day. We used to get, you know, all, all the telemarketers before the internet and spam. So he would know if somebody was calling and saying, this is a personal call from Mr. Charles, mm. that it was a telemarketer. So he thought that was pretty cool. But his uncle was Charles.
0: All right, so you go off to Western England, go out to Asnantaki, you actually graduate, finally get a degree. Are you working in the business with your dad? Yeah, I, are you doing I, that?
1: I paid for my degree through the business, like okay, so I worked you
0: literally in out of 15 high school, years. Boom.
1: Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Okay. So I did do some, I had a rocketing career at Puppy Center for a while. Actually. Yeah. I did that. that and Radio oh, wow. Shack. Okay. But my father managed to somehow pull me away from Puppy Center, Radio Shack to work for the family business. These it, are it, deep. Yeah. These are it's deep roots. It these was are, tough. But, these
0: are deep roots. All right. Yeah. So your, your, your dad definitely was an influence. Yes. Uh, who else? In your life, oh, would you gosh, say it was my a mom, big influence? Yeah. My
1: mom, huge influence. She, oh, yeah. uh, one thing about my Anthony! mom is, yeah, that, <laughs> that and she, uh, she would fight when she believed in something, right, ah, wrong, or indifferent. God bless your came, Mom. That's where the you, fire came from. Because yeah. your dad was a quiet yes, guy. Yes.
0: So the yeah. fire in your belly is from Mom. that
1: That's largely Unify. Yeah. Like, Unify is Mom saying, you got to do something about this. Nice. And you can't just sit there and watch. Wow. So yeah, mom's a big, big part of that.
0: That is really great. Anybody else? Dad, mom, and
1: gosh, I mean, my you know, any my outside
0: al- mentors or?
1: I would say that uh, outside of my immediate family, yep. there have been numerous business mentors. Uh, for example, Peter um, in the cabin. Yeah. Uh, he and I met through the Rotary Club here in La Meadow. And we were probably, gosh, in our 20s at the time. So with our age added, the median age was around 63, 64. So we became pretty good friends nice. out of the gate and then kind of went from there. And then there's a bunch of other folks. Uh, Scott Kirkian, who's a good friend of mine out of the uh, Professional Photography Association of America. He actually is the Chief Financial Officer And he helped us take Robert Charles Photography from sort of a fledgling company to one of the most successful studios in the United States, according to the PPA. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's big. And and that was a big deal, and he was a big part of that. So, yeah, and there's plenty more, you know.
0: So what do you love most about this work? Because, I mean, it's having gone through the experience, having gone through the... Well, let's see. I got to step back because, remember, I am a customer of your dad's. Yes. Right? Yes, you are. Having... Grown up at Longmont yeah. High School and been yeah. part of the whole, oh, you got to get your class picture yeah. and all that stuff. I can remember all that. So, I mean, that was kind of basics. And then flash forward when my wife and I got married, it's going to be 10 years in August. Yep. August 10th. It's going to be 10-year anniversary. Sure. Uh, and we came in and, you know, it was a whole... So, you know, what do you love about your work? Because it shines through well, in the experience. No,
1: I mean, I think a big part of what makes Robert Charles Photography, the company special is the fact that our core mission is to exceed expectations so when we bring folks through uh, it's just understood from the beginning that we are trying to go beyond anything that they could expect even though we have you know, you could be kind of a victim of your own success because that folks come in with high expectations. So, but yeah. we still are committed yeah. to exceeding them. It's like, actually, um, I walked yeah. in
0: and, you know, I see all these beautiful people on the wall and yeah. I turn to my wife, who's beautiful, and I'm going, what am I doing here, right? <laughs> I mean, and she's like, it's okay, honey. They have makeup and they can also, you know, they, they can special lenses. Charlie. they can special lens you now. <laughs>
1: So honestly, so the my credit, wet, all my yeah. wedding pictures yeah. are
0: special lensed, right?
1: Well, Mike, first of all, you bring a lot. You bring them a lot to any shoot. Uh, right, but back to Your you. team back, here would we'll talk about. No, you. no, no. But I'm saying that because yeah. that that's emblematic to a lot of other folks too, who think that they're not particularly photogenic, and that your personality, your drive, who you are, all of that matters. It's the whole package, okay? And uh, a big part of the secret that my brother Robert and Susanna, my wife bring to the table with Robert Charles Photography is that they're able to help people relax and just be themselves. Uh, my father used to say that, you know, anybody can take a photograph of, you know, somebody looks like it takes something really special to be able to capture something that reflects who that person really is. And that's something that Robert Charles Photography, again, has been sort of committed to some, since the start. And, and I mentioned my brother, my father, or my brother and my wife so much because to be honest, over the last few years, especially, I've actually been dialing out of the leadership role with my brother and my wife, really stepping in with this other venture that my son and I have yeah, been going on. Yeah, so we're gonna get to that. so yeah, exciting. so but it's a true family commitment. It's a team effort, as any organization will tell you. you know, we have a tremendous group of folks that work with us um and they help us raise the bar every day so i can't say yeah. enough about that
0: yeah and that's a hard thing today i mean yeah retaining really great talent oh for sure in this labor market so oh, absolutely. How, what what how how have you been able to do that i mean yeah uh, how what's the uh longest an employee has lasted with you you know
1: that's a great question for a company like us because the truth of it is it's, it's tough because yeah. you know we we aren't a mass mutual and we don't pretend to be. Right. And we understand that, uh, and Mass is one of our clients, so we love Mass Mutual. So anyway, well, Mass Mutual, <laughs> I saw a plug there. Roger, uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. okay yeah. So, but they, they might have one or two things they Ficaro, can bring to the table. fanning, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're a little bit smaller, slightly. Yeah. Um, so lifestyle, I think, is a big play. Yeah. Um, and the answer to your question is, we've had folks for over, gosh, uh, we had one team member for over 20 years. Yeah. She worked there longer than my brother and I. Um, it's Incredible. At, this, at the same time, you know, we recognize that some folks are going to come through a little quicker, it might be a couple of years, you know, and that's okay. Hopefully, when they come through, they experience something special, they're able to take that with them to the next job. Uh, we stay in touch with a ton of our alumni yeah uh, and then we have special team members that that stay with us and then grow with us over time and that we look we work really hard to find ways to be able to make sure that they're getting opportunity mm-hmm. and growth yeah uh, because you know what if you're not getting that i wouldn't stay you sure know? stagnate so, yeah
0: so let's talk about that growth because you're i know you're excited about this new venture with your son sure and it's pretty cutting edge <clears throat> right the world of augmented reality Virtual reality, reality, mixed reality, reality. reality. XR, is there any reality, (laughs) right? What's it all about, Alfie? Yeah. yeah, So tell me how this all came about.
1: So we were one of the first in all of New England to adopt digital, way before everybody else. Uh, We had to make friends with a bunch of banks in the area and really go all in. uh, Because we really didn't think it was a good idea to just play around at the edges, right? So we did that and we watched it grow our company just many, many times over. And it was a fantastic move for us, whereas we watched a lot of other folks who had hung back kind of get in trouble.
0: So like the Kodak story, right? Yeah,
1: Kodak's I mean, crazy, yeah. Right, Kodak
0: created the first digital camera. Steve Sasson. Brings it to them. And what do the executives say? Where's the chemical? Where's the paper? Yeah. Nobody wants this nope. thing. And then, boom.
1: The famous line was, from the sea level. Decimates. This, this should apply to any entrepreneur. C-level representative said uh, no one will ever look at a photograph on a TV screen. That was in the New York Times. I mean, it's, it's, you know, now in fairness, it's easy for all of us to look back and you know joke about it, but you know what, when you're in the moment, it's not as easy to see as people think. Right. And that's actually, frankly, a big part of where this whole next- Well, this gets into this conversation of
0: disruptive technologies, Right. right? So here you are. Tried and I mean this is this is so critical for any business yeah. person. watching this, right? Sure. Which is, you know, where's the puck going? Yep. Right. So there you are. You're, you know, you got all these cameras. You got all this equipment. You sure. got all this money invested. Yeah. And you've been going down this path, and it's, oh, yeah. you know, you're in the dark room, yeah. right? And yeah. You're, you're <laughs> with the water yep. and the chemicals, yep. and you. You're clipping photos oh, yeah. up, right? Was that, yeah. that's, oh, yeah. People don't no, even that know, us. right? They don't even know what that was all no, about. kids right? don't even have a clue about And then it was like, yeah, so no. who first... Yeah.
1: Do you remember what year it was when you were like, digital what? You, so you we actually, my brother and I saw our first digital image, gosh, even way before that. Almost like seven or eight years before we went digital. It was in Northampton. We were down there for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, event of some kind. Because he, he and I grew up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we're in Thorns and there was this printing company that mentioned they had heard we were there and they said, hey, have you seen some of the stuff you can do with digital? And they showed us our first, it was like, just like this eight by 10 print and I I still have it somewhere. that took I don't know like two hours to print or something. I mean it was crazy, and there was no economics that made sense at that time. But they were right. like, this is possible, and that was when our light bulb first went on and said, okay, we got to pay attention to this. Mm. And then over the years we watched, and it was uh, actually, I want to say two thousand was really when we went all in. We had been buying equipment before that, but. It was 2000 because all of our work in 2001 forward, we have digital copies of. So um, it this was, really was like
0: a huge investment. Right? Yeah,
1: this is this was. when
0: you say you had to go to the bank. Yeah, there, right?
1: it was yeah. big. It was big. It was a, it was a significant. And uh, they had to investment. buy into it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's
0: it's the computers. It's the cameras. Oh, yeah. It's the whole just approach.
1: Everything. Everything was changing. The funny part, though, that everybody thought back then uh, and including the banks, fortunately, We were going to save all sorts of money, (laughs) okay? And uh, yeah,
0: because you can. Oh yeah, film is gone. Film is gone. Processing's
1: gone. Yeah, there's no cost. You want a million photos? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. doesn't work like that. No, no. no. All we did was we moved the numbers around (laughs) on the spreadsheet. So basically, in many ways, the lab became the bank. Because now all of a sudden, whereas we didn't have to have all these computers before, we not only had to buy all the computers that year, but then three, four years later, we had to buy all new ones. Every year. Because at the time, the the, 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 the images were doubling and tripling in size. Yeah. So what would happen is you get the new system. It would come out. And you had to buy the new cameras, by the way, at that time, because they were the, the, the order of magnitude they were improving was just enormous. exponential. So being that you had that, you really had to invest. So we would be buying new gear. And of course, you know what? It but it looks like when you go to resell old technology. It's so we were we were constantly having to reinvest and and grow it out and and yet we did and it worked really well and it wasn't so much that you know there were benefits to it for sure so many benefits but as far as there being a quote cost savings eh, it was more just moving it around mm. um, and then it did give us mm. a tremendous competitive advantage in the market um, that was the big the big upside gotcha. um, and then you know and then coming you know full circle to today. So then when my son comes to me in the kitchen, right? Five years ago, Joe comes to you and
0: says, Dad, I got this idea. Here's the future. Yeah.
1: And he pops this thing on my head. And it's virtual reality. Yeah. And it's the Google cardboard, which is about as rudimentary as you can get. But I'm holding this thing. And I'm looking around. And I'm in a movie. I'm not watching a movie. I'm actually in the movie. There's a bunny bouncing around behind me in my kitchen. Okay, and I'm trying to figure how does this all make sense. Taking it off, I'm looking. There's really no bunny there. I put it back on, you know. And I'm just I'm taken away by this whole experience. And he then goes on to explain to me how big a deal this is. So uh, he uh, and I started doing research. Uh, he had a peer group at the time. Uh, uh, with there was a group of friends of ours. Eli being one. Bill uh, Cole from Tiger Web Design. Uh, Neil Del Padre from De Padre Visual. Um, and a whole bunch of others that we reached out to obviously my brother and others to just get input and guidance ideas find out how real it was we went out to vr uh to to la which is where this the heart of uh this whole world really is right now um and did the research this is a real thing mm. now his approach my, my son's approach was that he felt this was going to be tremendously disruptive not just to the visual media worlds which, which we're now in and we not only photograph we also do video And his thought was this is going to transform the way people think of still imagery and video imagery. He then went bigger and said, I think it's going to be a lot bigger than that. He said, I think this is going to affect manufacturing, engineering, medical, et cetera. So as we started going down that road and doing the research, we realized that this might be a huge opportunity. So one of the things I'll also be very real with you about is that my brother and I have been in business together for a long time. My brother has always been the very conservative one of our group. Okay. He has always been very happy with a 3%, 5% growth rate, things like that. And of course I'd go to the family meetings with my dad being like, I think we can do 50% this year. Okay. And my dad would just be like, what?
0: True entrepreneur. Yeah.
1: Okay. We had spirited meetings on this particular subject. So we would talk about this a lot. So one of the things my brother and I talked about years ago was he at the time was doing lots of weddings. I mean, Lots of weddings. Now, I wasn't shooting weddings. I was back then, I was doing the business side of it. So he was the one that was getting up at two in the morning, going this kind of, or getting up, sometimes it probably would be too, two, but he had to be at the hair salon for six, seven in the morning. He'd do it all day long. He'd get home at two, stuff like that. Yeah. So he comes to me and says, weddings have been great. I've loved them, but I want a different lifestyle. Because I really, really, really wanted a different lifestyle. My friends that I went and talked to, including Peter, by the way, from the cabin, thought I was nuts. He said, what do you mean get out of weddings? You guys are making a huge living in this. Why would you ever do that? Have somebody else take take on those roles, things like mm. that. But Bob really, as 50% of made it clear, he wanted out. He wanted to step out of weddings altogether. He mm. really wanted to focus on the commercial growth and the portrait growth. Work with the families we had done weddings for, but that, that just really wasn't his focus anymore because of the lifestyle part of it it is a huge personal commitment yeah so we looked at the numbers we figured out a path and we Mm -hmm. made an agreement he said if you can get me completely out of weddings we can continue to maintain my lifestyle i can be no longer have to do evening appointments i don't have no longer have to work weekends you know etc etc he goes i will help you underwrite a company he goes whatever it is you want to do you figure it out but i'll help you underwrite it Nice. So about seven years ago, we hit the magic world of the wedding end of it. And Bob got his life. He got to do what he wanted. He was able to come in and out on a much more relaxed lifestyle schedule. He could take days off when he wanted, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I started looking. And that was when my son came along and presented this concept. So that was when uh, we went to Bob and we said, we may have it. You know, this might be it. So we kind of had Joe take lead and he went off and started it. And it's gone very very well over the last few years i've gotten a lot more involved so now i'm going out to boston and having meetings with my son and growing the company and uh and it's gone far better than we were expected and then what else is great about it is nice. it's a tremendous synergy with robert charles photography because the 360 media for for instance where we did a 360 video for uh, mgm and we did another one for carter monday and there's a lot of interest in that space That's something that Robert Charles Photography can kind of focus on and grow, along with 360 still imagery. Um, There's a whole world that's growing that's exponential. And that's incredibly valuable to a company like Robert Charles Photography with the advent of the cell phone. And we're all aware of the fact that the cell phone can do some pretty amazing stuff. So in addition to us providing, hopefully, an exceptional experience to families that come through, if we can add to that some levels of technology that they could never imagine before, it goes further. And that's where augmented reality comes in. So this is where we might lose half the audience, so I apologize, but just think of it this way. Think of a photograph of you that we might take today. And it's a still image, okay? And we have you and it's a great photograph. It's got all the perfect lighting and you love it, okay? But then in addition to that being a still photograph, when we download your app and we take your phone and just point it towards the image, you come to life in the image and you share a story about your family's history. And you tell us a little bit about what that, what it means to Just you. It's like a pop-up? It's not even a pop-up. It's like you literally come to life. Like right. your image. My avatar? Your, no, not avatar. Okay. This is you. This is me. The real deal. We're not even in the so avatar So let me walk world. you through how it works. So we yeah. get the still image where yeah. you look amazing. Yeah. And we put the still image up on the wall. Just yeah. like a traditional print. Yep. Okay. <laughs> By the way, the reason this is hard to explain is it doesn't exist yet. We're coming up with it, okay? But this will be coming out in the coming months. So you have the still image, and then what you can do is take an app, you point the app at the still image, and now there's a video that we took of you talking about your family history that we froze the first frame similar to the actual portrait. Yep. So effectively what happens is your portrait, think of the video being embedded in the portrait.
0: I'm thinking like Abe Lincoln at the first... Yes. New York yes. World's Fair in 1963, yes. when he stands up and starts talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's exactly what we're going for.
0: Right. Only this time, my yes. photo comes alive.
1: Yes. And I yes.
0: start talking.
1: But the ability, how freaking yeah.
0: creepy would that be, yes. right? <laughs>
1: The ability to preserve history is we're after. The creepiness factor, <laughs> we're going to try to stay away from. But the idea that you can now preserve history. So like you mentioned, nice. Roger, with with Mass well, Mutual. Well, no, but
0: telling people's family stories, yeah. right? Oh, go ahead.
1: But, well, no, but there's the halls, of, the Hall of Presidents at Mass Mutual. That's I mean, yeah. at a lot of large Fortune 500 companies. Yeah. Well, now think about that they're going to be able to preserve some history, and there'll be a message that will live with that image forever.
0: So, so we, do you guys go in and film yeah the person telling the story yes. and then connects it with the photo and the right. augmented reality
1: yes, yes. or uh, another simpler example from a marketing standpoint is yeah. let's say uh you know bill from csg decides he wants to send out a postcard with some announcement of uh, a new dish or something like that yeah he can actually embed a video into the postcard so when folks get the postcard, they actually take their phone pointed at the postcard, and the and a video plays on the postcard as if it's embedded on the postcard Hey, Please, Bill, so, here I'm my postcard. Can I please get out? We are not there. putting you in charge of marketing for this, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm loving it. And, and what I can, well, yeah, go but,
0: ahead. But uh, so the other thing is because I've seen uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of this with the group. i you and I've talked yes. about a, a three hundred and sixty repeater Diamantis, but. Uh, so some of the things I've seen with the augmented and virtual reality yep. is in the manufacturing area, which you talked yes. about, I don't know if you guys are getting involved in that yep. where you can take a car and blow it into its pieces yep. and then actually, you know, reach out and, yes. you know, a touch and design and then bring all this stuff together. Are you guys so, getting involved in any yeah. that kind of stuff?
1: One of our clients is Dell EMC. Uh, and what they do is um, they had uh, us create uh, a hologram. Uh, of their product, which is called the uh, VX Rail Appliance. So it's basically just a server, is the simplest way to say it, so it's a server. But the idea is that the server weighs about 80 pounds uh, to carry this thing around. So we were able to create a hologram that lives uh, on this postcard, and they actually rolled it out in Vegas a a few weeks ago um, at a huge trade show. And there were folks from all over the world that were blown away by the technology, the being able to interact with this hologram, and they were blowing up their social media with it and all that kind of fun stuff. Wow. So it's it's a game changer. It means that you can bring things uh, into website design and whatnot that is now in three dimensions. So engineering firms can email engines yeah. all over the world that folks can interact with in full three dimensions right off of their laptop. Yep. So it's a game changer. And it's and it's one of those things where, again, I, I try to be careful how much I go into it because I start glazing over yeah. and I feel like, you know. No, but, but this is great because I was yeah. going to
0: ask you, what's trending right now? What, what what are you most excited about? This sounds like it. Huh? I
1: would say, well, in the world, I get asked a lot about the investment side of it because, you know, tying into to your world. So, uh they're, Goldman Sachs is projecting spatial computing to be a $110 billion industry by the year 2025. That's exciting. Okay. So that's a big industry, right? Mm. And it's just, just getting off the mark right now. Yeah. So the upside, it's a hockey stick curve, right? So um, VR is a very exciting space to be in uh, from training side of it, because you can fully immerse folks and they can be uh, give that feeling of presence. So the retention goes from like 10% to 70%. So that's a huge plus for training. So you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, Walgreens, 17,000 units last year for training purposes, stuff like that. But the area that I honestly think that most folks should pay attention to is the AR. The AR is the augmented reality. That's the space where you don't have to put a headset on. So there's not the barrier of entry to the headset. AR allows the cell phone to work. So everybody's got a cell phone. Yeah. So with augmented reality, with the millions and millions and millions of cell phones that are out there for people to play with, um, you can ac- activate these experiences. And when you have a company like Apple, which is investing billions of dollars a year, specifically in AR, you know it's a serious play. Mm. So I think that from a business standpoint, anybody that's sort of paying attention to this space, kind of focus on the AR side of it and just pay attention to it because it's definitely going to disrupt a lot of industries.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's what... That's what technologies do. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Um, with all this going on, what what's the greatest decision you've made in your life <laughs> to
1: date? Gosh, that's a big one. Okay, well, I got an easy answer. And it's totally just the first one that comes to mind, and, and it's totally the way it is. Uh, my wife, Susie Zemba, and my asking her to marry me. That was by far, without question, the best decision I ever made in my life. Maybe not. She might not be able to say the same thing, yeah, we're, right. <laughs> we're, not, we're not. That's all right. I'm going to say that.
0: And what so, would yeah. you say the greatest mistake you've ever made in your life? <sighs>
1: greatest mistake. I guess that one would be not getting even more time with my father before I lost him. I guess I could say the same thing for my mom, too, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. But, geez, man. You know, you, you know you're going to miss your parents, but but gone, you worked with them so yeah it's tough yeah yeah i i feel that a lot with yeah. both of them and yeah. that anybody who has their parents man it's so easy to be like oh, i'll get out to them see them next week i'll see them the next week i'll see them the next week
0: no and whatever
1: waiting. time you can
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's great so there's a series of questions I ask everybody in this interview. And I don't know if you ever show, saw the show Inside the Actors Studio? Yes, I did, actually, that's so it. James Lipton, Guys, brilliant. probably one of the best interviewers I've ever yeah. watched and yeah. interviewed all these great actors. And then he took a series of questions from his kind of mentor, this mm-hmm. French individual. And I just love these questions. So yeah. I'm asking everybody the same questions. So the first one is, what's your favorite word? Mm-hmm done (laughs) okay (laughs) what's your least favorite word
1: my least favorite word gosh i don't know that's a tough one um i guess i might say i don't know okay and it's technically no i mean that's three words but that phrase i don't know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh drives me because I don't like it. Right. I like to know. Yep. So I, if I'm in a situation where I don't understand something, um, I will spend a lot of time researching it to try to get my head around it so I can best grasp it and figure out how to put it to use for our family and, and for our businesses.
0: Got it. What turns you on?
1: <laughs> well, I didn't mention my wife earlier, but uh, what turns me on? That's good. What turns me on a business, honestly, is innovation. I love Yep. I yeah. love to see growth. I love to see new, exciting concepts. I love the idea of trying things that nobody has ever tried before.
0: Yeah, That's great. What turns you off?
1: Being stagnant. You know, people that want to stay exactly the same. Um, I think that's a very dangerous position to be in, no matter what. And even on a personal side, in personal relationships, I yeah. don't think it's healthy for that either. I think that, you know, it's not always easy to welcome the new. I get it but i think we're we're all better off looking to the future not getting stuck in the past
0: that's great what's your favorite curse word
1: (laughs) i hope you bleep it out later but uh it's two words uh (laughs) yeah
0: what occupation other than yours would you absolutely love to do
1: well, right now, I got to say, I'm, I'm jumping into a, a world that has been incredibly exciting, which is the world of uh, XR, which is extended reality. And I got to say, I don't think there's really any other, anything else out there. I'd like to do more than that. But if I had to pick another one, um, I would say teaching mm-hmm. would definitely be up there for me because I, I feel that calling a little bit with my dad. So I do believe that someday in my life, I will do some teaching.
0: Nice. And what occupation other than yours would you absolutely to do.
1: I try, you know, I try to think that there's something cool in every job. I really try to think that. But I will say that cleaning kennels was one of the hardest jobs <laughs> i ever had. And I don't think I would run back to that job anytime soon. I don't think I've ever heard that one. I love yeah. that. Cleaning so, dog kennels. Yeah. Uh, no. Especially in the winter. It's yeah. a little tougher in the winter.
0: Uh. <laughs> All right. And if heaven existed, what would you like to hear God say to you when you enter the pearly gates?
1: Gosh. um,
0: He's calling right now.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What I'd like to hear him say. Yeah. um, That sounds totally corny, but honestly, uh, welcome to the family reunion.
0: Nice. uh, That's nice. Yeah. All right. Speaking of family reunions. So I have something here. Okay. Um. This is the photo your father took of me. My my senior year in high school. That's my senior.
1: Okay. We got a shot? Come on. Close in on that one. Oh my God. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. Yeah, look at the afro, isn't that great? That is spectacular. (laughs) So if you had a handful of of words. Oh sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right what do you think if i had taken you aside that day or my dad took you aside that day and said what you thought your future would hold for you what do you think you would have said
0: rule the world
1: nice
0: <laughs> no nah, i was going off to be an actor yeah 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 well actually i was headed at colgate so yeah who the hell knows But. Wow. but you
1: had that in your heart
0: yeah Oh yeah. Well, I did it too. I yeah. pursued it absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've so carried that with you. I thought you'd. I thought you'd get a kick That's out of that. That's
1: spectacular. Can I bring that back? I want to show this to the team. Yeah, absolutely. That I remember fantastic. working with your dad too.
0: Really? Yeah, because we were off. You know, we were off in the woods. Huh? Yeah. You can see the tree shot right. Yep. A Little birch in the background. I remember him going, "Oh, let's go across the street and yeah, yeah. You know, see if we can, see if we can something do something with that hair of yours." <laughs> Yeah,
1: that
0: sounds like my dad. <laughs> that sounds Absolutely. like Absolutely. All right, so uh, we got this jukebox here that Bill and I bought, and it's uh, now the fine member of Center Square Grill. Yes. And everybody that had an interview, I asked, what's your favorite song?
1: So my favorite song is Kodachrome by Paul Simon. By Paul Simon. That's a great song.
0: So augmented reality, right? Yep. Um, how did the whole
1: bullying thing come about? Um, unify Against Bullying. Um, yeah, how did that all get going? So that so came, that's big. yeah, that came from basically um, seeing a lot of kids, including my own, deal with some pretty heavy challenges. Um, coming up, even myself, I dealt with some. Sometimes I did a really good job, sometimes not so much. But watching your own kids deal with it. And they're friends, it's it's different. It's hard. So when we went through some challenges in that department, we started looking for some support in the area, thinking that we would find something. And um, there were lots of pockets of different things here and there, but we couldn't find anything that was really exceptional, uh, that was bringing all of Western Mass together over this issue. There were, again, lots. And the people that we did meet were struggling financially to be able to fulfill their mission. Yeah. so we thought well we may not know a ton about bullying but we know how to raise money because we've done a fairly good job of that with some other efforts over the years so we thought well maybe we could start an organization that could help raise money to help address this issue so we started with some pretty modest object- objectives um, and it grew considerably Yeah. and now it's its own 501c3 um, you know the first year that we did a an event, uh, which is our fashion show, uh, which is October uh, of this year. If you go to UnifyAgainstBullying.org, um, so uh, October is National Bullying Awareness Month, so that's why the show is in there. But our first year, honestly, we lost five hundred dollars right. doing the show. Well, that, and, that's a startup. Yeah, but right. Peter and I met for breakfast. Wisconsin, uh, yeah. And we both said, "Well, we can't come out the first year, you know, losing money." Right. said so what do we do and peter was like i'll put in a couple grand if you put in a couple grand and he stepped up big time and we nice. stepped up a little bit and sure enough we ended up uh being able to announce we raised five thousand dollars our first year um and then it took off and there last year we raised uh gosh want was 65 000, sixty-five thousand. wow so yes yeah. so it's grown a lot and uh um it's, it's, been a, it's a real testament to Western Mass, yeah. you know, um, and we started no, something. it's a
0: testament to you.
1: Well, it's. Someone's
0: got to start. Someone's got to yeah. lead. That's what it is to be an entrepreneur. you got to lead. Well, I,
1: you know what I would love to challenge you to do with me? Go ahead. We're going to need to find the uh, marker for this, but we started something called the Unify Selfie Challenge. So the Unify Selfie Challenge is basically where you write the word unify in your hand. You hold it to your mouth and do a selfie, and then you challenge your friends to do the same thing and ideas to help bring awareness to the silence of bullying. So the idea is that um, we're all unifying to bring an end to the silence. Um, and by doing that, we've been able to get this challenge out on the internet and it's actually been done in over 56 countries worldwide. Wow. And a whole bunch of celebrities, uh, like Captain America and uh, Stranger Things and all these other big celebrities have done it. So I know they're not quite at your level, Charlie, but if we could maybe get you to join us and do the, you in for that? You got it. All right, cool, let's do that.